school, but like I'm still scared that I'm gonna just burst out laughing. Uh, hi, I'm Chess from Bridge Youth. I'm a student here, um, and I'm gonna interview people about Valentine's Day stuff. Do I have to hold the banana? Okay, is it going? I don't even I don't even know where they're putting this. They're just filming me with a banana. Hi, where's your first date? Taco Bell. Where was your first date with Danica? Oh, that's a long story. I'd rather hear the shorter version. We went to an arcade. Where was your first date? Um, so I was in fourth grade. Well, no, she said no. I was with this girl, and her name was. She's actually been here before. Okay, you lie. If your first date was at Raising Cane's, what would you think? We're getting chicken. If you make this shot, you'll find your true love this year. What do you think of that? I'm a lonely dude. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, would you like it if your first date was at a boba shop? Yeah, sure. Would you date a girl if she could skate? Yeah. If your first date was to see Spider-Man No Way Home, would you like Not if she asked too many questions. You know how, like, most women do? Yeah. They're always like, who's that? And the movie just started. Where was your first date? Your mom's house. <laughs> it was at an arcade. Cool. Which arcade? Uh, round one. Oh, nice. Bye. Where was your first date? It was a rival game. The her school against my high school. Oh, I love Pastor Corey's office. It's notified. I love it. It's great. Am I allowed to take pictures in here? Uh, Jurassic Park, Star Wars, Doom. Doom? Dude, I found the original Doom. Dude. Who's your Valentine? I'm Ted. Yo, Bridgius, how we feeling tonight? Chaz, I love you, my boy. I love you to death, man. He is single and ready to mingle, ladies. Just seeing. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I'm 10. <laughs> Little Owen. Oh, man. Hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. Uh, if you got a Bible, open to Ruth chapter 3. Ruth chapter 3, if you got a Bible. Hey, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us, choosing to spend your Wednesday night with us, whether you're right here in the room or maybe you're watching online. We're so stoked that you're here, that you chose to spend some of your time with us. We love, 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 love meeting new people. It's one of our favorite things in the whole world. We like welcoming our new people every single week by saying we're here to build you up, not... Yeah, we love you. We back you. Uh, thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Hey, um... I'm just going to echo something that our team uh, had said uh, in announcements. Baptisms are right around the corner. Uh, We had so, so many people sign up to get baptized in the last couple weeks um, that literally like the last Sunday of this month, which is February 27th, that date sold out like Coachella. So, like, sold out. We don't, it's, getting baptized is free. Um, it'll cost you three seconds of your life getting dunked underwater. Unless I don't like you, then it's probably going to be like 37 seconds. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Kind of. No, I am. Seriously. I won't hold you underwater for a long time. But I would love to baptize you. If you've recently got saved, um, it's like one of the next steps of faith. Back in the day, when someone got saved, it was like they got saved and they found the closest body of water and got baptized like on the spot. So um, sign up. It'll be March 6th. Um, The first Sunday of March will be baptisms. I would love to baptize you. Um, Maybe you have a connection with another one of our pastors. You'd want them to baptize you. That can totally happen, too. I'll just have my heart broken, but that's fine. Um, Hey, tonight we're continuing in our series entitled Defining the Relationship. Hey, do me a favor. For the next next two weeks, we got tonight, we got next week, and then we're going to do a little panel with Amber and I um, the week after that. And so... um, do me a favor, over the next few weeks, send us, DM us some questions, average YTH underscore, DM us some questions, because the last week uh, during our panel time, we'd love to talk about what you guys want to talk about, so relationships, love, dating, um, sex, whatever you have questions about, <laughs> 
Fosse over there shaking his head. Man, I love you, Fosse. <laughs> he said, ah, crazy, Pastor Corey again. Um, uh, you caught up on Mandalorian, Fozzie? Just talking to you like the rest of the room doesn't exist. I'm not. Don't spoil it, dude. Um, what were we talking about? I said the word sex and lost the whole room. Um, <laughs> what are you upset about? Sex, 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 sex. Everybody's still alive. We're all still good. The junior hires are really, really tense, but, you know, we're going to talk about sex a little bit tonight, actually. And if you have any questions about it, DM us. We would love to talk about it the first week of March as we conclude this series. Somebody brought a friend, and they're like, bro, I thought I wasn't going to like church. I love it. <laughs> tonight, um, so send us some questions, but tonight I, I want to speak a message to you entitled, Big risk, bigger reward. Write that down. Big risk, bigger reward. Here's the big idea for tonight. Stop comparing your story to those in movies and music. Let God write your love story. One more time. Stop. Everyone look at your neighbor. Say stop. Look at your other neighbor. The one you chose a second. Tell them stop. Stop. Comparing your story to those in movies and music, let God write your story. If you're a note taker, here comes your sermon in a sentence, uh, whether you're right here in the room or you're watching online. Um, I like boiling down our whole sermon, an entire sermon, into one sentence. If you leave with nothing else, leave with this. If you want a beautiful love life, make God the love of your life. Somebody say amen. Come on, somebody who is a believer in Jesus Christ, say Amen. I'm telling you, if you want a beautiful love life, the best thing, the best thing, ladies, all the ladies say, hey, the best thing that you can do if you want a beautiful love life is make God the love of your life. It seems like everything just begins to fall into place when you do that. So we're jumping right in tonight. Ruth chapter 3. Ruth chapter 3. We're going to read six verses. And, and usually I'll give a lot of context, but, but I actually have some context uh, building that I'm going to do a little bit later in the message. So you're kind of going to get six verses in the book of Ruth, kind of out of context if you don't know the, the story of Ruth. But, but I'll break it down in just a little bit. What you need to know, you'll know right now. So hey, would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? Six verses. Ruth chapter 3. Verse number one. Here we go. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, you might be wondering, who's Naomi? It's on its way. My daughter. Oh. <laughs> it's time that I found you a permanent home. I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Boaz, everybody say Boaz. It's a very important guy. If you're like a female Christian, you grew up in church, you know. Your lifelong mission is to find your Boaz. Boaz is a close relative of ours. Okay, well, hold up. Time out. I need to clarify this. No, he's not. What really, in the original writings, what's happening here is um, the people of God were... were um, they were separated according to what was called tribes, right? And they were in the same tribe. And to the Jewish people, it was actually pretty important to marry within uh, the same tribe. And so that's what he's saying. You're in the, they're in the same tribe. Like, basically, like, they lived in the same neighborhood. That's, that was, like, a better way uh, to say it because I said that and people got very tense. Um, and he's very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. No, we won't talk about that. Um, tonight, he will be winnowing barley. I have no idea 
Not the slightest clue what that means. Winnowing barley. Winnowing barley. (laughs) At the threshing floor. No clue what that is. It's like Old Testament stuff, apparently. Um, Winnowing barley. What are you you up to this weekend? Nothing. Just going to be winnowing barley. Really? What are you going to do that? The threshing floor? Figured. (laughs) Sounds dope. Now, do as I tell you. I love this part. It's like the best advice a mom could give a girl. Take a bath. Like, that's it. Like, that's just that. God, uh, let's pray and we'll dismiss. Like, that's it. It's your word tonight. Just take a bath. But she says, take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Don't be out there trying to catch a man in your Costco sweatpants looking busted. Like, you ain't shaved your armpits. You're trying to find yourself a boy. I'm, a, I'm an independent woman. I don't shave my armpits. Dope. Have fun being single the rest of your life. Now do as I tell you. Take a bath and put up and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go where? The threshing floor. But don't let Boaz see you until he finishes eating and drinking. Then verse four. Be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go uncover his feet and lay lay down there. I do have to give you some context here. Basically, that was symbolic. You guys remember Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, and this was to say, hey, um, my role here is I want to serve you. That's basically what Ruth was saying to Boaz. Hey, like, I want to serve you. And so he says, uh, uh, he'll tell you what to do. Verse 5, I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. That's a wild six verses in Scripture, and I gave you no context, but I will a little bit later. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, uh, would you speak to us tonight um, through your word? Thank you for your word. That's wild and fun and hilarious. And God, thank you that the first time that I met Amber, she didn't uncover my feet and check out my toes while I was napping. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, would you consider yourself like a, a risk-taking per- person? Like, would you, like, where the, you're like, I'm kind of risky. Like, you're a risk-taker. Raise your hands. I want to see you. Risk-takers? All right, let's, let's actually figure this out. Who in the room would ride? How about this? Who in the room has ridden a motorcycle? What? Oh, my people. You might not be able to tell by me, but I don't wear Harley Davidson shirts for fashion. I have a Harley Davidson. True story. Um, I had to do something manly with my life. You guys had to. I sound like I'm 12. Had to buy a tough, manly Harley Davidson. Um, okay. Like, who in the room, maybe even, even if you haven't, like, who would ride a motorcycle? Okay. Um, who would bungee jump? That's why I love you. Who would skydive? Skydivers? Okay, hear me out, guys. I did not expect that many hands. What if we did a bridge you skydiving trip? Like, how old do you have to be? I think you have to be 18, right? You have to be 18? Do you have to be 18 to skydive? Somebody figure that out, because I've always wanted to skydive, and if we got, like, 50 people to go skydive together, that would be so sick, or 300, that would also be (laughs) sick. Um, You have to be what? It would have to be like, oh, a senior's trip. <gasps> Class of 2022. Okay, who would go in a shark cage? Who would do the shark cage? Heck yeah, dude. 
I love sharks, bro. I, lo- I have a shark tattoo. Ba-boom. This tattoo has a little shark fin in the water. I love sharks, dude. Like, like bucket list. I want to go to Guadalupe, Mexico, get in a shark cage, and see a great white that lives down there. Her name is Deep Blue. I'm a freaking nerd about sharks. I love it. Um, okay. Like, who, like, you're here, and you're like, maybe you're here, and you're more of the, like, light a candle and stream the same movie you've seen a hundred times under a comfy blanket and be in bed at a reasonable hour type. You're that type of person. Okay. <laughs> You're like the type that's like, I love Bridge Youth, but like, man, we get out at 830. Oh, it's so late. <laughs> um, I want to tell, tell you a story um, about a time I took a risk. The risk was this. Uh, it's about 12.30, midnight, 12.30. Uh, we were at a family get-together with Amber's family. We were dating at the time. She was just my girlfriend. And then I was, giving her, um, I was giving her cousins a ride home. I'd forgotten to turn my lights on in my 1989 Jeep Grand Cherokee um, when a cop decided to pull me over. The cop, um, he got my license, all this. And then from the intercom, he calls me back to his car. Corey, please step out of the vehicle. I come back to my car. I was like, goodbye forever, my love. <laughs> I would have married you, I swear. So I go back to the car, and, and he ends up saying, like, hey, dude, you know your insurance is, like, you're like your insurance is, is, is expired. It's like, what? No way. No, 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 no. My insurance isn't expired. He's like, oh, let me look something up. He's like, oh, dude, like, literally, it expired tonight, like, at midnight. I was like, oh, I didn't pay the bill. I was supposed to pay it today. <laughs> I was like, we had a family thing. I forgot it. He's like, Dude, I'm super cool guy. He's like, bro, I'm not even tripping about that. Like, I'll go pay your insurance tomorrow. Make sure you're good. I was like, okay, cool. He's like, who's in the car with you? And I was like, oh, it's my future wife. I had to call her that. So the cop was like, that's my future wife. Um, and then her cousin and, and her cousin's boyfriend. And he's like, okay, cool. And then he goes, should we mess with him? Where's my risk takers at? <laughs> you would say exactly what I said. I looked dead in that man's face. I saw the, the two guns between him and the one on his hip, and I said, absolutely, we should. And he goes, all right, wait here. It's like, okay, you know, and the cops, like, put their lights on your car so you can't see nothing. And he goes up there, and he goes, hey, which one of you is Amber? And, and she goes, that's me. He goes, I have to tell you, there's, there's been an issue with Corey's insurance, which there actually was. It's like there's been an issue with his insurance, blah, blah, blah. I have to arrest him. You're going to need to drive his car home. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh. And Amber, being Amber, immediately starts freaking out. No, oh, he's a good guy. He was a police explorer. Ah, like, she's freaking out, right? Like, which I was a police explorer for, like, four years. She's like, no, he's a good man. We're Christians. Like, don't pull that card. You know, like, with a cop, you were speeding, and you're like, but I'm on my way to church. Like, don't tell him that. Leave it out. Leave God out of this one, man. Uh, and so, so. Like, it was this huge, like, the cop, like, oh, gosh, it's like, Corey, come here, come here. So I go up there, and I'm, like, going up laughing, and then I see Ember crying, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it was like, like, what was the risk, the potential risk? Like, number one, maybe Amber, like, immediately turns on the cop and tries to start, starts trying to bail me out, you know? Like, because she's crazy, like, well, like, she's crazy for me, like that. Um... 
Like, no, you can't take him. Like, tries to fight the cop or something. Maybe Amber goes into like a full-blown panic attack. Like, maybe this whole like this 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 whole prank like leads me into like an extremely prolonged singleness season. That was the risk. Like, what was the potential reward? Have a good laugh. <laughs> like, the risk-reward ratio did not line up. But I was young. I was dumb. And thankfully, by the end of the night, I was not single. If you're taking notes, write this down. Risks and rewards. That's your first one tonight. Risks and rewards. A lot of this series has been about the warnings around love and dating. And those are important, but it's not the entire message. Can I tell you, as a married man of 12 years, we've been Valentine's for how, how long? 16, 16 times we've been Valentine's. I thought it was 17. I wrote it in a card, in pen. <laughs> Couldn't erase it. And then I tried to correct her. I was like, babe, you're cute. It's 17. She's, gentlemen, watch this. Take notes. Write this down. You're right, sweetie. That's it. All right, guys, that's worth the cost of admission. You're right, and I'm wrong. And I'm sorry, and I will do better next time. <laughs> do, not, do not touch your boyfriend's hair like that. <laughs> she said, you hear him, sweetie? Did you hear what he just said? Because I've never heard you say that. <laughs> That's not what she said. That's exactly what she said. Uh, can I tell you, as a married man, like, the, like we've, had, we've talked about a lot of the warnings around love and dating and stuff like that in this year, and those are super important. But as a married man, can I tell you, one of the greatest blessings of your life will be finding and falling in love. I know. Ah, like, sweet, cool. Like, let's just get past the mushy part. But it's true. It is true. And, and, and I don't want to, like, just focus all on because the warnings are not the entire message. But here's the thing, even though it's one of the greatest, greatest blessings, it's also a risk. You run the risk of rejection, of heartbreak. You might find out that they are weird and they don't like Star Wars, which are grounds for breaking up. Um, you might find out that they're a cat person. It's also grounds for breaking up. Um, like there's risks and there were, there's rewards. Like, have you ever noticed for every cute love song, there's also like a heartbreak song. I tried to do this a couple weeks ago and I didn't, but this time I'm actually grabbing a guitar and I'm going to play for you some of these love songs. I'm just kidding, I'm not. I'm just kidding, I am. Just kidding, I'm not. It will be only mid-2000s emo. I got your picture and I'm coming with you. It's a great song. I care what nobody says. All right, are we on, Josiah? There it is. There you go, people. Just, just a little soundtrack for me. Okay, let's see if everybody can get on board with this. You ready? Hold up. <clears throat> you know what to do. Uh, 
I love you. This is why I love you. Okay, but we're here for for every cute love song. There is also a breakup song. All right. If you have rhythm, you can put your hands together. Love song. Come on, it can't be one place. It's gotta be like a roller coaster ride. And then it goes on. It goes something like. Okay, okay, okay. There's some actual old school, like Taylor Swift. <laughs> fans in the room, I expected not anybody to know this song, so I have to like actually read these lyrics. You go, uh-huh. Romeo, save me, I've been feeling so alone, I keep waiting for you, but you never come, this is in my head, I Is love story and that song about for every cute love song, there's also a heartbreak song. Like, okay, wait, wait. okay be serious, guys. Like, can we can we can we dim the lights? I'm being so serious, you guys. Stop laughing. This is so serious. Only for Amber. I'm looking at you, Amber. Stop, you guys. We're sad. That was a love song. Now we're sad. Be sad. Dude, this song's actually so good. Seriously, it's actually so good. Thank you. 
I told you I told you that be there'd be mid 2000s emo. What's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. Times Square can't shine as bright as you. I swear it's true. Hey there, Delilah, don't you worry about the distance. I'm there if you get lonely. Give this song another listen. Close your eyes. Listen to my voice, it's my disguise. I'm by your side. Oh, it's what you do to me. 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 Oh, sounds nice. Okay, we're done. I would literally play like emo songs all night if you guys would let me. Forget preaching. I'm just going to start playing mid-2000s emo songs. The best part was how real. You didn't mean what you wrote in that song. That was like so real for a couple girls in the room. Dude, that song is actually so good. Like, zero shame. Zero shame. I still listen to that song. Zero shame. I listen to covers of that song. What's the point? The point is this. Love, there's risks and there's rewards. There's love songs and there's heartbreak. And Love Story by Taylor Swift is one of the best love songs ever written. Don't freaking at me. <laughs> like, so, but what's the point? The point is this, dude. Like, cheese ball moment. Like, we all just had a cheese ball moment together. And everybody bought in. And that was so dope. And we dimmed the lights. And it was so cool. Like, love is absolutely a risk, but it's totally a risk worth, worth taking. And, and I want to give you guys more in this series than, like, don't date, and here's all the warnings. And it's a big risk, but it's a risk worth taking. Like, have you ever seen, like, that video of the guy who's at the basketball game who proposes, and then she doesn't say yes? Like, I'm not the type, like, I'm literally, like, I'd grab a guitar and play it bunch of songs that I learned like an hour ago in front of 300 people and then it's going to be put online forever. Um, like, I'm the type, like, I literally, like, I, it's so rare that I'll ever get nervous. Probably because I never get embarrassed. Like, I just, it's all, I peed my pants at Carl's Jr. one time and it was just like, yeah, I peed my pants. I peed my pants at Carl's Jr. Like, what's the big deal? You wouldn't give me a token to the bathroom. Um, so I don't really get nervous. You know, one time I got like, like, the, one of the only times I've ever been, like, shaking nervous was when I proposed. You know why, though? Because, like, I, I knew Amber. I, like, I knew Amber was going to say yes. I knew it. But what if she did it? <laughs> like, everything changes then. Which, by the way, ladies, hey, ladies, all the ladies, all the ladies in the room say, hey. If his proposal sucks, you don't have to say no. But you can tell him, try again. <laughs> he needs to have a dope proposal. But, like, because, I, I, like, what happens is you said that, like, it's a risk, dude. And, like, like, Ruth, in this story, Ruth took such a risk. I mean, she checked out this man's feet. <laughs> it's crazy. But the reward was so clearly worth it. Because, long story short, like, she falls for Boaz. 
Boaz catches her. They fall in love, they get married, they have kids, and Boaz isn't just the answer in Ruth's story. Boaz actually becomes the person that God uses to provide for and protect, uh, protect her entire family. It's wild, and I'll get more into that a little bit later, but, but the thing is, like, love is a risk. Now, here's the thing. What, what happens if you take a risk without a safety net? Anybody ever see the crazy people who do, like, the trapeze? Like they're on those things swinging back and forth and they fling off and they catch the other person. First off, never, like, not because, like, I'm not a risk taker, but because I don't trust whoever that is to catch me with your sweaty hands, okay? Um, But what do they always practice over? They practice over a safety net. Until when? Until they're strong enough and until they've had enough practice that they're good enough to take the safety net out and actually go take the risk, See, is love and dating and relationship a risk? Yes. But hear me tonight, young people. What I'm telling you is it should be a calculated risk. It should be a calculated risk with a safety net under you. Like I talked about last week, Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So can I give you just a few safety nets before you take the risk of trying to jump into or fall in love and get into a relationship? Here's a few. Safety net number one. Y'all ready for this? Your parents. <laughs> this is like the, your favorite thing to talk about, you guys. I know it is. Because every single time I bring it up, you are so cool, calm, collected, and excited about what it is that I have to say. Your parents are a safety net. I'm not going to out nobody, but I was talking to one of our students um, this last week and two weeks ago. He's like, I really like this person, and, and I won't even tell you whether it's guy, girl, whatever. I'll just leave it all out of it so nobody can guess who it is. They're like, I, I really like this person, and, 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 and we're, but we're, we're a bit young, and like, what do you think I should do? I said, I think you should go talk to your parents. And so this person did, and they came back, and they're like, you know what my parents said? And I was like, what? They said, you should wait. And I was like, that's great advice from your parents. You should listen. Your parents are a safety net, and you should absolutely talk to them. Especially, you guys, especially, please hear me. Especially if your parents are still married and are believers. Can I tell you, if your parents are still married and they're believers, you have an absolute blessing in front of you. If your parents are not still married, that's the life that Amber and I come from as well. If your parents are not believers, that's the life Amber and I come from as well. You can find now the second safety net, something you'll need is mentors and leaders. You need a mentor and a leader. Here's another great safety net. Friends that will tell you the truth. I said friends that will tell you the truth. He is no good for you, but he is so hot. So is hell. <laughs> That's a good friend right there, man. <laughs> you, know what, you know what we used to call these friends back in the day in the early 2000s youth group? We called them accountability partners. <laughs> like, which actually is really good. Like, get yourself an accountability partner. Great safety net. Here's a really good safety net. Healthy and godly boundaries. And have them in place before you take the risk. Why? Because then decisions are made before it's time to make a decision. Because then decisions are made before it's time to make a decision. I made a decision at a very young age after I got saved that substance, alcohol, smoking, 
vaping wasn't really a thing when I was a kid, but anything like that, I was not about it. Now, anybody ever, you don't have to raise your hands because your parents might be watching online, but anybody ever, like, you end up going to hang out with some friends who are like, hey, we're going to a birthday party, and they're like, dude, I love cake, like, let's go. And so you go, and then you're like, this is not a birthday party. <laughs> I need to get out of here, you know? But then quickly you're in an environment that you wouldn't have otherwise, like, planned to be at or anything because you're a good Christian young person. Okay? Um, and, and then you're there, and then somebody comes and they offer you something like, hey, you want to drink? Hey, you want this? Hey, you want that? Well, you, there's no decision to be made right there. You've already made the decision. I, at 16, had made the decision. I'm not about any of that. So if I ever found myself in a situation like that, which for me, typically, can I tell you, was in my own household with my own family, there wasn't a decision to be made on the spot. I already made the decision. You know what a great, great safety net for, is, for, for you is? Boundaries, healthy boundaries, godly boundaries. Because then once you go and you're in a relationship, there's certain decisions that don't need to be made on the spot. So that's a very, there's a difference between responding and reacting. All right? There's a difference between responding and reacting. And you won't be reacting. Oh, my gosh. Like, there's, you can react terribly. One time, our pastor was behind a door, tried to scare one of our staff members. The staff member hit the door and busted pastor's eye open, okay? That's reacting, all right? Like, bad news. Like, if you bust your pastor's eye open, like, you might not go to hell forever, but maybe five minutes, you know? Like, God's like, I got, I'm sorry, five minutes. I got to send you, you busted pastor's eye open. And he had to film that day. And so he did a bunch of filming. It was crazy. That's reacting. Responding is like, oh, no, I... I already know what I'm going to do in this decision. That's a great safety net for you, you guys. Great safety net. You know what another great safety net is? God's word hidden in your heart. I'm not saying you need to memorize the whole Bible, but you need to have some of God's word in your heart. I love the way the psalmist says it in Psalm 119, verse 11. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. When God's word is in your heart, it is a deterrent to sin. It literally helps repel sin. And one of the greatest safety nets you could possibly set up is a strong foundation, a foundation built on Christ. Because here's the thing, you get into a relationship, you're building something, right? That's what a relationship is, you're building something. And you can't build anything strong on a foundation that is weak. So, is love a risk? Yeah, it's an even bigger reward. But it should be a calculated risk. Point number two, um... I'm going to go back to the guitar for this one. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, big plans, small steps. Big plans, small steps. <clears throat> God's big plan, can I tell you, comes through small steps. Steps? Like, you know, it sounds like so poetic. It sounds like I should grab the guitar and, like, sing a song about the steps of life, you know? So what, what steps are we talking about? Okay. The steps that I'm talking about are small steps of obedience, Yes! Like, that's definitely the word I wanted the pastor to give right there. Obedience. Like, if we took, like, the, your top 100 least favorite words, obedience is definitely on that list. Like, we hate the word obedience. Here's the thing, though. You want a beautiful love life? Make God the love of your life. And can I tell you, the greatest story that you could write with your life is not one that you're writing your own story. The greatest story you could write with your life is rather when you take the pen of your life and you give it to God and you let him write the next chapters. Right? It's like, like what uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, which sounds so cool. Like, oh, Jesus, like, Jesus, the, you know, we're talking about God in the flesh. We're talking about God. We're talking about the God 
who creates galaxies and universe. We're, we're, talking, we're talking about an all-powerful, all-loving, perfect God gets to write my story. He's the author of my story. That sounds so dope. Until. Somebody say, until. Until we realize that making somebody an author means giving them authority. You know what the root word of authority is? Author. See, and what so many people want is they want God to write their story, to be their author without giving him authority over their life. But here's the thing. You don't get an author without authority. You've got to give God authority. So, so God's big plan comes through small steps of obedience. I mean, look at Ruth. God completely, we'll talk about this more in a little bit, but God completely took care of her and her family. But she trusted and honored God. See, we all hate that word obedience, but the thing is, love, dating, marriage, and buckle up, buttercup, even sex, they are all, (laughs) Corey, you got to start saying earmuffs. (laughs) Love, dating, marriage, earmuffs, and even sex. Are all <laughs> are all gifts from God, and all the married people said, "Amen." Just a couple. Wyatt, newlywed, said, <clears throat> said "Man, I haven't slept well in months." <laughs> I love how uncomfortable you guys get. But here's the thing. If, like, I just think that if all these things are God-given, then they should be God-governed. Like, he should lay the parameters around him. He should lay the boundaries around him. He should give us the step-by-step rule. And, like, here's the craziest thing, right? Here's the craziest thing. Like, anybody ever gone to, like, Home Depot? Where's all the men at? It's like, yes. Home Depot. Amber, Amber blames me because I always, like, mistake um, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and Bath and & Body Works. I'm like, bro, like, they're the same store. She's like, no, they're not. I'm like, do you know the difference between Home Depot and Lowe's? She's like, they're the same. I'm like, no, they're not. They're not the same. Go to Home Depot if you need lumber, okay? Go to Home Depot for the lumber. I, I've never needed lumber, but I'm a man, and I know these things, right? Like, You go to Home Depot, say you buy, I don't know, a chainsaw. And the chainsaw includes an instruction manual that gives you some warnings, some boundaries. We don't think to ourselves, oh, the manufacturers of the chainsaw, they don't want me to have any fun. No, they don't want you to cut your freaking head off, right? Like, so we, we, we assume the best intentions of chainsaw manufacturers, but the worst intentions of God, because God gave us a little bit of guidelines and some, here's the best way to go about these things. And we think to ourselves like, oh, 
uh, God just doesn't want me to have any fun. No, he's not keeping you from something. He's keeping you for something. And if it's God-given, it should be God-governed. And nobody knows the best way to treat a creation than the creator. So I just think we should start leaning into God and trusting him and going about these things his way. Why? Because the world is messing all this stuff up. Look around. 50% of marriages end in divorce. I know, like, we have become, become so calloused, so calloused to that statistic. All right? How about this? How about go to the airport, and when you're getting on your plane, they go, 50% chance that this plane gets to its destination, or maybe it just crashes. You're not getting on that plane. <laughs> like, I'm not getting on that plane. Now, I'm a risk taker, okay? Like, probably most of us, because you guys are crazy like me, be like, yeah, but are there parachutes? Because if so, that's a wild ride. Sign me up. <laughs> you know? Like, like, the world's messing. I just think that if it's God-given, it should be God-governed. And obedience to God can be a risk. It can cost you. But can I tell you, I promise you, young person, it's worth it. And I'll tell you this. You'll never come in last by putting God first. I'm telling you right now, you will, in the area of dating and love and relationship, I promise you. Ephesians 3.20. It's not, in, it's not on the screens. Write that down. Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do above and beyond all you could ever ask, imagine, or dream of. And we think that doesn't apply to love and, and relationship and future marriage. Ephesians 3.20, he, he is able to do above and beyond all you could ever ask, imagine, or dream of. L- little lady, I don't know why I just called you little lady. Little lady, like, here's the thing, guys are like, guys start planning for their wedding like, a week before the wedding. <laughs> Ladies, you've been planning since you were like seven you're like, I know. I, I have lined up the dolls and, and the, 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 the stuffed animals. And I have walked down the, I put a sheet over me in white. And I walked down that pretend aisle. You've been planning since you were seven. Can I tell you, all the plans you have, they don't compare to the plans that God has for you. I promise you that they don't. Guys, I know like the picture you've created in your mind for like what your future wife could be and what your relationship could look like and how dope it could be to marry a girl who plays video games and watches anime and like maybe and maybe not. Like not everybody is as blessed as Jackson, okay? My wife does watch anime, but she does not want to play video games, which I'm happy about. Like that's, I, need, I need time with the boys once in a while. Right? Um, bro, I've been playing Gears of War and I need to stop. It's the word. It's so, like, it hurts my, it's so toxic. <laughs> it's nothing to do with the message. Can I tell you, young man, whatever plans you have in your mind, God has better plans. And he can do above and beyond all you could ever ask, imagine, or dream of. But it starts by taking small steps of obedience. So let me ask you this. What is a small step of obedience that God might be asking you to take? And realize, whatever that step might be, it is in part to help set you up for a healthy relationship. Now, no one's saying you have to be absolutely perfect. Amber and I, we weren't absolutely perfect. But this faith journey is not about perfection. It's about progression. I think the goal of obedience isn't so that you can, like, be some type of check-off-a-list, rule-keeper, religious, annoying person. Um, That's not the point. I think the point is to reflect God in your relationship or your future relationship. 
So what does it look like to reflect God in your relationship? Let me give you just a couple things really quick. Number one, you obey him together. As boyfriend, girlfriend, future boyfriend, girlfriend, you obey him together. Number two, you worship him together. Number three, you serve him together. Number four, you trust him together. If you let God write your love story, then you can assure it's going to be one worth telling. And I just think, what if? What if? What if your next relationship could not only reflect and honor God? What if it could not only reflect and honor God? What if it could also show everybody younger than you, juniors, seniors, young adults, that there's a better way? What if, your next, what if the relationship you're in right now, what if it could show all those younger than you that you can date right and healthy and godly and you don't have to go and do it the way everybody else is. And just because everybody else is doesn't mean that you have to as well. That you can date right. You don't have to get heartbroken over and over and over and over and over again. You don't have to go and give a piece of yourself away that you don't want to give away. You don't have to let somebody mistreat you. You don't have to walk away from your faith to go find somebody. Roosbound Boaz, God can find you somebody too. Like, you don't have to. What if your next relationship... What's the relationship you're in right now? What if it could be an example to everybody younger than you and reflect God? What if? What if God wanted to use you in that way? I would dare to say that the vast majority of people in this room have never, ever thought about relationships in that context. That you don't just think about, what can I get out of a relationship, but rather, what could God do through a relationship? I think when you start thinking that way, that might just be a sign that it, you might be ready to take that risk. God's big plan, it comes through small steps. My last point is the band heads up. Passion and parachutes. What's the most important thing to remember when you go skydiving? Your parachute. <laughs> when you fall in love, God's word is your parachute. What does a parachute do? A parachute, it helps you to not fall too fast. Right. What does a parachute do? A parachute, it helps slow you down so you can enjoy the view. Right. What does a parachute do? A parachute, it helps you to not hit the ground. Right. A parachute acts as protection. So does God's word. Now, now, what does or can passion do? Okay, some good, I guess. Um, but passion can get you to jump out of the plane before you put your shoe on. <laughs> passion can get you to jump out of the plane when you think you have your parachute on, but it's not buckled on right, and the thing's just going to fly off anyways. See, passion isn't bad, but it shouldn't drive your life. Kind of like how having a sex drive isn't bad, but letting sex drive is bad. I'll just leave that there and not in any way elaborate or dig into that statement. Because <laughs> your parents will email me and be really upset. <laughs> and I know passion, Amber hates when I use this, use this word right here, is passion is, it sounds so much sexier than obedience. Like passion is like, ooh, passion, so cool. But remember, what's our big goal tonight? It's to stop comparing ourselves and our story to Movies and music, and to let God, instead, let God write our story. 
So let me encourage you. Don't, don't seek, because so many people, you know why they seek a relationship? Because it'll, it's like comforting. It'll soothe them. But don't seek what'll soothe you. Seek what will save you. And this right here is for somebody in the room. Don't continue to make a mistake just because you've been making that mistake for a really long time. Don't cling to a mistake just because you've been making it for a long time. That's passion with no parachute. And that will derail your life and absolutely won't set you up for a beautiful love life, but for disaster. Really quick, as I close, the book of Ruth, context. Um, The book of Ruth is a powerful love story, but it starts with tragedy. Um, In the first chapter, Naomi, who is Ruth's um, mom, mother-in-law, her, her husband, and her sons, they moved to a foreign land because there was a famine in their homeland. And just as they began to get settled, the two sons die. And then, um, like really shortly after that, Naomi's husband dies. Which for them, like it left these three widows all alone with no promise of a good future. Because in this day and age, in this culture, to be a single woman was, was like not a good thing. Most women, they, couldn't, they didn't work. Like they couldn't work. Culture and society didn't allow them to work. That wasn't a God thing. That was a culture thing. So basically, like, for these three, like, that was, it was like a death sentence for these three widows. Um, it got so bad that, that Naomi changed her name, and she changed her name to Bitter. Like a Hebrew word that literally meant bitter, because that's how low she was. Um, but Ruth, she became the hope of the family. Because she was unmarried, which meant that she could potentially meet someone. And Naomi encouraged her um, to take a big risk and seek out this godly man named Boaz. And I know this story, like, there's a lot of stories in the Bible that would make great movies. This one's not one of them. Uh, This story, like, probably would make a very mediocre movie. It's simple. It's to the point. There's no love triangle. There's no, like, chase through the airport. There's just a girl seeking out a guy which culturally was, culturally was just like unheard of for a, a woman to initiate a relationship. Typically, um, marriages were arranged by parents. So like how many of you guys would want your parents to set up your marriage? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but Ruth took initiative. She was bold, paid off. Long story short, Ruth fell. But Boaz caught her. Because God was in it. And even if Boaz didn't catch her, God would have. Because Ruth trusted God, believed God, and put her life in his hands. I'll tell you, young person, God has nothing but good plans for you. God wants what's best for you. Can I tell you, you've maybe never heard this, God wants you to have an amazing relationship. He wants you to have an amazing marriage lifelong, filled with adventure and, and yes, passion and fun. And every one of these relationships, it's so corny, it's so cheesy, it's not in my notes, I'm going to say it anyways. Every one, like, it's like an image of a triangle that's like, if God's the point at the top and you and your significant other are the ones at the bottom, the closer you get to each other, the closer you get to God. That's how the relationship should look. God wants to give you that. He did it for Ruth and Boaz. He can do it for you.
If you want a beautiful love life, make God the love of your life. Just look at movies and music. Look at culture. They make relationships all about infatuation and drama. I think we need to flip the script. I think it's time we approach relationships through the lens of true love. And true love can only be found in God and His Word. So, big idea. Stop comparing your story to those in movies and music. Those were written by script writers. Yours can be written by God. Hand him the pen, let him write your story. Let's pray. God, you're so good. You're so faithful. And you want what's best for us, God. I pray we would understand that and embrace that. I pray that you would open hearts right now. Every head bowed, with every eye closed. Maybe you found yourself in a place of just kind of feeling empty because, well, you've tried relationships. Maybe you've been in a lot of relationships. And none of them have worked. Maybe you just don't want to go down that route. You see everybody else going down that road and it just doesn't seem to be working for them. And hearing this, you want a beautiful love life? Make God the love of your life. And you're wondering, well, how do I do that? Well, it all starts with one step where you take a step into a relationship with Him. In a really simple way, you just say yes to Him. And what's going to happen in a moment? I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to starting a brand new relationship with God. Brand new relationship with Jesus. If that's you, you want that. And second, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand. Then you can put it right back down if that's you. Why do I have to lift my hand, Corey? Because I just believe when we respond on the outside to what's happening on the inside, God just seems to solidify it in our hearts and our lives and our souls. It's like a great starting line into this new relationship. If that's you, you want that. Can I tell you, you're not too messed up. You're not too far gone. Don't continue to cling on to a mistake just because you've been making it for a long time. God, it says, His Word says that He'll make you brand new. He'll forgive you of every mistake that you've ever made. Right here, right now. All we have to do is say yes. So with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if that's you, you want to make that decision and step into a relationship with God. You want to give Him the pen of your life. Let Him write the next chapters. When I get to three, you just lift your hand. Here we go. One, two, three, go. All over this place. So many hands going up. So cool. So proud of you guys. It's the best decision you'll ever make with your life. I promise you that. You can put your hands down. We start this journey with words that we say with our mouth, that we believe in our hearts. It's called prayer. What I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the words. I'm just going to ask that everybody repeat these words right after me. There's nothing special about them. There's nothing magical about them. But when you wrap your heart around them, it means so much. And it's really our way of beginning a journey in a relationship with God. But we're a family here, so we pray together. So every single person in the room, would you just repeat right after me? Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. No turning back and no looking back. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? 
hey, if you just prayed that prayer, I promise you this. Young lady, I promise it's way better than that time in the fifth grade when he gave you the note that said, will you be my girlfriend? Yes, no, maybe. And you checked maybe because you had decision-making issues. Um, (laughs) Better than any other relationship that any of you could ever be. I promise you this. You just stepped into the best relationship that you could ever step into in your life. You're on a brand new journey. We're so excited. We want to walk this journey out with you. So we created something called the Next 7 Days absolutely free gift we want to give to you. We feel like it's our responsibility to help walk you through what's going to be a really important week in your life. And so you can get it in an easy way. Um, Just go to our Instagram, at bridgeYTH underscore, and DM us the words next seven. We'll handle the rest. If you don't have Instagram, come find myself, my wife Amber, one of our team members. Uh, Tell them, hey, I want want, um, next seven days. Uh, I, I don't have Instagram. We'll find another way to get it to you. So hey, one more time, can we welcome people into God's family right now? So cool. Hey, I'm, I'm done preaching, but um, there's one more thing I do want to do. Would, would you stand? Nobody distracting each other. Would you stand to your feet? If you want to head down to the front for worship, we're going to move into a moment of worship in, in just a second. Um, Naomi, Ruth, and her family found themselves in a very, 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 very bad season of life. Um, On Sunday, a young man named Aaron, who many of you guys know, passed away in a car crash. And um, for all of you who knew Aaron, I want you to know that we've been praying for you. Our staff, our pastors, our team, our leaders, we've been praying for you. We've been praying for Aaron's family. Um, we've been praying for everybody involved. And uh, last night I went to the distant Linfield game and, uh, and just got to see like a bunch of people take time to honor this young man whose life was, was lost way, way, way too early. I just wanted to take a moment to let everybody know who knew Aaron that we love you and we're praying for you and we're with you and anything that you need, um, we're here for you. I've, I've let people who are close to the family know that uh, if the family needs anything to reach out to us, the church will step in in whatever ways that we can. Um, last night at the basketball game, I had probably six or seven conversations about Aaron and about the situation. I was just reminded like over the past couple of days how short life is and this young man like he lost his life way way too young but for all of us any of us like life is way too short it's way too short you know what you know what the Bible calls our life calls it a mist it's like the, scripture says it's like the morning fog it's like it's here one second and it's gone the next you ever spray cologne or perfume and like you see the mist and all of a sudden in a matter of seconds it's gone what God says he says to me the eternal God it's like your whole life it's just it's here one moment and it's gone the next and my heart breaks for Aaron and for his family we truly we've been praying for them all of them 
If our short lives them, I'm just convinced the best way that we can live our lives is built on what Scripture calls the rock, on Jesus. It's letting Him write our story, surrendering everything to Him. It's not letting anything steal the God purposes of your life. It's not letting anything deter you from what God has for your life. Just we worship for a moment. We're gonna sing. We're gonna sing a song that literally talks about exactly that: building your life on Him. For a moment, I just thought, as a community, you know, you know what I love about Bridgeview? I love about Bridgeview, and we we laugh together and we celebrate together. We have those moments together. We're gonna go skydiving together, you guys. Amber booked it during service. 350. I paid for it out of my own pocket. Youth pastor salaries banging. And we laugh together, but we also we cry together, we struggle together, we walk through the toughest seasons of life together. And so for a moment, scripture says we you celebrate with those who are celebrating and you laugh with those who are laughing and you mourn those who are mourning. So I think it'll just be a really good time to pause and to pray for Aaron's family and everybody affected. Let's pray. God, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't like it. God, a part of it is mad at you. God, I also trust you. We trust you. God, we put the whole situation in your hands because you're trustworthy and you're faithful. We trust you. I pray for Aaron's family, his entire family, God. Pray, would you give him peace? God, would you, would you let your hand of peace rest on them? God, take care of them. Wrap your arms around them. Let your word be true in their lives when you say you draw near to the brokenhearted. I can't, can't imagine how brokenhearted his family must be right now. God, would you wrap your arms around them? Draw so, I pray you draw so near to them that they would have to take notice of your tangible presence. And I don't know how you're going to do this. It, it makes no sense to me, but you're the God of the impossible. You, you specialize in the impossible. God, would you do what only you can do? Nobody else could do this. Would you bring good in this terrible situation? God, I pray, intervene in the whole situation. God, I pray for every single student, uh, both those here under the sound of my voice, those watching online, those who aren't here right now, who knew Aaron and loved Aaron, were close to him. How would you bring peace to their heart? How would you strengthen their hearts? Draw near to them. God, help us all to understand that we don't have to understand. We don't have to get it. That's one of the most beautiful things about being in relationship with you, God. We don't have to be able to make sense of everything. Life sucks sometimes. But God, I just believe you're good all the time. Even when things are bad, you are good. Even when life is terrible, you're still faithful. God, we're going to trust you.
take over, have your hand on the entire situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Is anybody else just thankful that even when times are bad, that we still serve a God who is good and he is faithful and he's trustworthy? And when things don't make sense, we can still turn to him. I'm telling you, every season of life, no matter what you walk through, run to God, not from him. Do me a favor, close your eyes. If you're comfortable, would you lift your hands? Forget you're in a crowded room. For a moment, just begin to worship God. Begin to worship Him for who He is and how good He is. God, no other relationship will ever compare to You. God, we're going to build our lives on You. We're going to look to You. We're going to trust You. We love You, God. We praise You. Our lives are Yours. They belong to You. We want to honor You with our lives. We give You all that we are, God. All that we have. God, in, in, in broken-hearted seasons, God, we won't run from you. We'll run to you. We won't give up. We'll never give up, God. We'll always draw near to you. We'll trust you because you're good, because you are faithful. We worship you, God, because you're worthy. Worthy of our worship.